0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is not the undercard, nor is it the sideshow. This is the main event. My name is Ryan Baldwin, joined as always by my right-hand man sitting on my left-hand side, the one and only Mason Shepard. How we doing today? Oh, it's a great day to talk sports, as always. Yep. Yeah. You know it's November in Texas, because like, a couple weeks ago it was like... 40 degrees and now it's 77 and I'm walking around in shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt.
1: Ryan, you do that anyway. No, (laughs) no, when it's,
0: when it's like 40 degrees out, I at least put on jeans and a jacket. (sighs) Well, we knew this weekend in college football was kind of going to go this way. Basically everybody won. Oh, you lost. Thank you so much for, Listening to the main events, it's been a fantastic show again. Once so we far. love y'all, thank you. Now we're just kidding. Yeah, uh, unfort- yeah unfortunately, because <laughs> you know, just, I mean, hey, ending it on O oh, U loses is always a good note in my book. But that's just how that's just how boring this past week of college football was. Yeah, there was everybody won who probably should have won. Yeah, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State was kind of the close game against Purdue, but they didn't even make it look close. 59 fifty nine thirty one. No. Uh, Michigan edged out Penn State, and yeah, finally OU, after what we've been saying all year long, where they were not top ten worthy. No, lost to Baylor, and down they go to number thirteen. Yeah, ooh, yeah,
1: that's that's good. But no, it, it's like we had talked about,
0: you know, OU
1: is overrated, and they and we proved that. Well, we didn't prove it; we didn't play. But um, <laughs> the but Baylor proved that, and I think, you know, with with OU, you know, will I call them a good team? No, because that's the longhorn in me. I won't do it. But at the same time, you know, it's just, you know. No, what bothered me was Baylor kicked a field goal towards the end, and Lincoln Riley is out there whining and griping about it, how it was unfair, how it was a lack of sportsmanship and whatever else. OU is the cockiest team in the Big 12, probably in all of college football, to be honest. Because at least when Bama's cocky about it, we know that they're good enough, so they can be. But OU just likes to, oh, yeah, we're OU. We win a lot.
0: Not when it counts. You know what I have to say to Lincoln Riley? You had uh, 40 minutes before that (laughs) to figure out how to score some points so it wouldn't be unsportsmanlike, quote, unquote. Exactly. So figure out how to get your team motivated enough to show up for the rest of the game before you start whining about them. It's that same thing where um, when uh, the Ravens went for it, like, with three seconds left in the game to continue their streak of, so, uh like 100 yards something or something yeah. like that and uh i don't remember who they were playing it was it denver i don't remember but the opposing coach went off cuz he was like it was like what? you had 48 other minutes to stop them. <laughs> figure it out then instead of complaining about the end of the game the game yeah. was over
1: I-, I think i think uh they just don't like stats being made at their expense which again oh boo hoo exactly no which which again to your to your point stop them <laughs> just just stop them yeah You You know, know. this is a this is a bad reference because it's it's a a video game, but it's the same thing in Madden when you run up the score (laughs) and then uh, Charles Davis comes on. He's like, hey, forget sportsmanship with this is football. Stop him if you don't want him to score. But that's the real life philosophy. You know, look, I had more respect for Lincoln Riley and then he did that. Now that respect is is just gone to a grain of a mustard seed at this point, because that that is ridiculous. But overall, yeah, you know, the teams who won were supposed to win. I think Bama played some little school.
0: New Mexico State, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's, that's my point. But, you know, they they played some little school. And then uh, we're not, obviously, with this game, we're not talking about any of these, uh, these two teams being anywhere close to going to a bowl game. But my Longhorns let me down again for the fourth time in a row. And this time it was to Kansas in a game that went to overtime in which Kansas scored over 50 points. Embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah, not a good college
0: football weekend for me, except, oh, <laughs> you losing. There was, yeah, there wasn't anything particularly exciting. Um, the only game that really looks like it might. Well, so Georgia, still number one, is going to play Charleston Southern.
1: <laughs> that would be, be great the greatest game.
0: collapse of all time if Charleston Southern managed to win that game. Doubt it. Um, Alabama plays number 21 Arkansas, eh. which. Um, I guess, has potential to possibly upset Alabama, but I'm still putting my money on Alabama. Why would you not? It's just Arkansas. Um, Oregon uh, is playing number 23, Utah. Eh. A a team they should beat, but, you know, it's uh, Pac-12. This time of year, anything can happen. Eh. And then the big game of the week will be Ohio State versus Michigan State. Four versus seven. Now... If number five Cincinnati wants to get in, they got to be rooting for for Michigan State one hundred and ten percent. It is. I think the only way they get in is if Ohio State and or and or Oregon lose. Um, But even then, like if Ohio State loses to Michigan State, Michigan State the the committee may throw Michigan State up into number four over Cincinnati, which I know would be a huge controversy and everything, but it's just, come on guys. It's, it's
1: I think, i still, I'm, I think, I think what it is, is just like, I've, I've, I'm done with the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Cinderella story at this point, because, you know, I always throw it in their face, which I will continue to do because it's their fault for not playing. Like we all, you know, like some people thought they could, but when when you struggle to beat Tulane or or Tulsa, it, it, no, it's, it's it just shows that when Bama or Georgia or anybody comes to town, that's a name. And no, Notre Dame does not count, ladies and gentlemen, because they're overrated too. So no, I they they need to I, they're not people are not going to get off of it, but people need to leave the the Cincinnati bandwagon alone because it's not going to go anywhere. And as far as that game. That will be, it'll definitely be game of the week. Uh, Believe it or not, I'm going to go Michigan State on this one. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Well, because Michigan State, because I saw this with Michigan. Michigan State has very good resolve. I I use that word a lot in football because it's one of the most important. Michigan State was getting hammered by Michigan in the first half. And then the third quarter, they turned a little bit of things around. And then towards the end, Michigan State took over the game and won the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that. Uh, where is, is that game in Columbus or is it in East Lansing? That game will be in Cold Columbus. Okay, it'll be a lot tougher, and that crowd, that Ohio State crowd, is very rowdy. But I will still give it to Michigan State because honestly, if I'm being honest, I think Michigan State has a better team. I think Michigan State is a team that nobody expect. We're all talking about Cincinnati. Michigan State hasn't been that good for you know for a while, and I think Michigan State is a team. That no one really expected to do much, and now they're ranked, and they have the the chance to really prove their and test their mettle against, you know, their big brother as well as the big brother of Michigan. And, you know, actually, no, Michigan would be the big brother that always gets whooped <laughs> by the dad. So, you know, th- that's how that goes. So, you know, let's let's see heard what... it
0: here first. Ohio State's the dad whipping up on Michigan, and Michigan, as the older brother, has to whip up on Michigan yep. State. Yep, yep. <laughs> So you know we'll we'll
1: see how that plays out, and I honestly I really hope that Michigan State is able to go there, play solid football, and get the W because Ohio State is just one of those teams. They're consistent, but at the same time, they're they're beatable. Like they're they're not a team like a Georgia or a Bama where you're like, man, I I don't. I mean, we're going here, and like don't get me wrong, I don't expect every team that plays Georgia or Bama to be like, oh, man, you know, we're playing Georgia and Bama. Ugh, I don't know if we would be able to beat them. I, every football team's like, we can beat these guys. Even, like, the small schools, like, high schools could beat, like, Tulane. But I think at the same time, with Michigan State in this case and Ohio State, they're Ohio State's beatable, and I think Michigan State can be the one to get it done.
0: I want Michigan State to win just because I want to see the— Mental gymnastics that the college football uh, committee is going to have to do when they're trying to figure out. It. Okay, so we just had Michigan State, who is now ten and one, beat oh, number four Ohio, Ohio State. Do we slide Cincinnati into number four? Do we put Michigan State over number over Cincinnati into number four? I want to see the conundrum that comes out of that in the reasoning because. I could see it going either way. I could see it going like, well, Michigan State just beat number four, and Cincinnati is playing uh, Smoo, who had a good start to the year, but has fallen off since then. Oh, God. I I will tell you this. Cincinnati's the one that's
1: undefeated. They will be bumped up to number four if Michigan State wins. They're undefeated. And we know how much the college AP poll really likes to put teams that are undefeated in those rankings. Michigan State's lost a couple of games. They've lost one. Well, okay. I take that back, ladies and gentlemen. Michigan State's lost one game, so yeah, no, but that's still not
0: undefeated. Now, the the interesting thing about that too is that Oregon is number three. Oh God! Because their win, their like major win, was over number four Ohio Ohio State. State. So if Michigan State beats Ohio State, but Oregon also beat Ohio State, does Oregon's ranking go down because Ohio State? Like, think of what if Ohio State loses to Michigan State and Michigan, and they drop down to eleven. Does that drop Oregon down as well? Well, see, that's the the thing is, is that Ohio State's not going to lose to Michigan. They always beat, okay, up, well, beat up on no them. Okay, well, that's no fun. Let's talk about okay what fun. Let, if let's they talk do. about
1: fun. Let, <laughs> let's do the hypotheticals. Ryan, the hypothetical. That's here. me.
0: I like the hypothetical.
1: Um, I would say yes because Ohio State is a big name team that always gets into this position every year. And if teams start whipping up on them and beating them, then I think that does make uh. Oregon's you know credit well actually no I think it no no I would have to say that that would bring Oregon's credibility down only because okay they've lost three games by that point because that if that that case it would be three I just think it would it would you know it would just kind of like eh they're not as big a deal but we have to keep in mind Ohio State will always be the name in the Big Ten and is the name that a lot of people want to see a all over the conference and all over, like, the country. So, uh, you know, it, it depends, because you could look at it both ways. You could look at it as, man, Ohio State, you know, is a great team. They've gotten beaten by Michigan, Michigan State, and Oregon, or, which is the way I think it would probably go more likely, oh, Ohio State got beat by top-name teams, mm-hmm. and, you know, because Penn State, that Ohio State beat, their Penn State's not ranked anymore, as they shouldn't be. They're right. inconsistent. The Nittany Lions are the nothing Lions, and that's a fact right now. But at the same time, I just think it would probably drop Oregon down. It, but see, that's the thing: if it drops Oregon down, then it, it wouldn't move Michigan State up. Only because if if Oregon beating Ohio State means nothing, if if Michigan beats them, then Michigan State beating them means nothing. Michigan, and in, 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 in all honesty, is the deciding factor of those two spots because. If, if we're going with the hypotheticals here, and she, I mean, she, wow. If Michigan beats Ohio State, Michigan is has been doing good, but then again, they always do, and then they run into Ohio State. Like I said, their daddy. Every time. And so I think it would just really depend on what Michigan does. Because if Michigan loses, then, yeah, you keep Ohio State, and I mean, Michigan State, and Oregon in top spots. Mm-hmm. If Michigan beats them, then you probably have to take them down a little bit.
0: Well, so l- let me uh, let me lay a fact on you real quick, and then we're going to look at the top 10. Because All right. at this point in the season, nobody lower than number 10 has made it into the top four. Gotcha. Ever. So that's basically what you're looking at. If If you're not top 10 by this point in the season, you've got no shot, historically speaking. So, obviously, you have Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State in your four, Cincinnati, five, Michigan, Michigan State, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. I don't see really—a a lot would have to go right for Notre Dame and eight to make it in. Oh, and God. And I mean a lot, a lot. I mean, like, Cincinnati has to drop two games. They won't. Ohio State— Michigan and Michigan State have to like well. Michigan State to beat Michigan, so yeah. Michigan uh, Ohio State needs to beat Michigan State, and Michigan needs to beat Ohio State, and then somebody else needs. Michigan needs to lose again for Notre Dame to even kind of like sniff the top four. They won't, and I don't think they will either. Notre because Dame, I just don't see they'll any probably
1: put them in in the the Peach Bowl or whatever. Yeah. But no, they, this is the, my problem with Notre Dame. Notre Dame, besides the fact that they're an independent, Notre Dame is one of the most overrated teams in college football because they always whip up. It's kind of like Bama, but you're not good enough to be Bama because they will whip up on losers and suckers, like small teams from, you know, the ACC and, uh, you know, from... uh, I want to say they also like to beat up on teams from a little bit of the Pac-12, but not often, but just like sometimes they'll play USC maybe once or twice. But they like to – mostly it's small teams from the ACC. They like to beat up on them to build their record, and then they run into Mack trucks sometimes like the inconsistent North Carolina Tar Heels, um, Cincinnati, who, let's face it, folks, hit or miss at this point. And, uh, you know, so so no, I they're just – they're very overrated, man. And, and here's the thing. We've already seen when you put Notre Dame in front of Bama, they
0: lose. Yep. Bad. So a lot has to go right for Notre Dame because they only played Georgia Tech and, I believe, uh, Florida State after that. So the strength of schedule for the remaining games is non-existent. Georgia Tech might pull something out. Number nine, Oklahoma State. I think their main hope to leapfrog into the top four was for Oklahoma to not lose to Baylor, get to, like, five or six, and then for them to beat Oklahoma— and now that that's not going to be the case, I don't no. think there's any way they sneak in past any of the other teams. No, no matter, Unless uh, everybody Oklahoma State. Loses three Oklahoma
1: games State. State's done well, but no, they're they're yeah. not they're not going anywhere special. They're just not going. to. Sp- no. And, and here's the thing: this is the problem for most of you Cowboy fans out there. Now I'm not talking about my Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking about your Oklahoma State Cowboys, the ripoff Cowboys, the knockoff Cowboys, um, the Lewis Vuitton Cowboys. Um, they are a flight risk to beat oklahoma anyway so if they really bet on which i hope they're not i mean i hope that mullet on um gundy's head isn't you know constricting brain flow but no they were never really going to beat oklahoma anyway and it's not because oklahoma special is just because again the daddy son effect
0: oklahoma beats them pretty much every year so no. but I mean the only way they were gonna vault any of these other teams in front of them was by beating like a number five or six OU. Yeah, no, I know exactly and, and that's thir- not gonna happen. Yeah. And now that they're number thirteen, even if they did win, that's not gonna be good enough to propel them into the top four. Nope. And then Wake Forest, number ten, we've oh expressed our gosh. feelings on Wake uh... Forest before. They did beat uh number sixteen North Carolina State, which I'm sure still not sure how they got up that high. Um, and then they play Clemson and bc boston college and i just don't know again how that strength of schedule is going to get them up anywhere near into the top four um if in like i said all every other team is going to have to lose like two or three games in the next two weeks to, to uh, two to three weeks to be able to well looks wake like Force we're going to be play.
1: getting wake forest and in some in some prominent bowls which you know what good for them let them
0: make it and get beat up that's what's going to you, happen to you see wake forest notre dame in the peach bowl Oh God! <laughs> I'd rather actually eat a bowl of peaches by watching Whoa, paint what's dry. What's wrong man. with peaches?
1: No, nothing. I'm just oh, saying okay. I would just rather do that. I thought you were dissing peaches. No, I love peaches, okay. man. Yeah, peaches are a good fruit. But no, I I would rather watch peaches and eat them Mount, than watch
0: that game. Mount Rushmore fruit coming up next week. Yes, <laughs> you gotta love Mount Rushmore fruit, man. Uh, so that that it yeah, college football uh, <laughs> will not be super exciting. I don't think for the next couple of weeks until we get to. Uh, conference championship week. Yeah. Um, there could be a couple upsets, but the only thing that we're kind of thinking is maybe Michigan State and Ohio State. Definitely the game of the week. Really the only one that's going to matter in yep. terms of ranking, assuming no catastrophic failures from the rest of our top teams here. So that'll do it for college football. Yeah. And now we're going to go to the pro scene because we have good old Cowboys. They are back. They know what they're doing again it appears and we just want to talk all about it yeah we do don't go nowhere welcome back to the main event Ryan Baldwin and Mason Shepard, back at you again here with the Cowboys talk, because how about them Cowboys? They're back. That's it. I don't care what anybody else says. They're back. That was a complete game in all three phases, as our beloved coach Jason Garrett once said. Oh, good. No, no. (laughs) We're not quoting anything Jason Garrett related on this program. We won the game in all three phases, and it was a beautiful sight to behold. You
1: know what's funny? He talks about phases. You know what rhymes with phases? Faces. And he only had one, which was, way to go, clapper. But um, no, I mean, I- I've said it before. I'll say it again. Dominance. They just, they've just ran rough shot over Atlanta. They dominated them, and this proves, because we had talked about this before, that Denver winning was not a fluke. Fluke means you get lucky, right? This was Dallas didn't come to play. They were resting on their laurels. Oh, we're, what was it, 6-1? and one? Yeah, we're 6-1. and one. This is Denver. Pfft, no big deal. They're coming to our house. We'll squash them. Got embarrassed. Atlanta came to their house, and they were like, we're not going to do this again. We're not going to embarrass ourselves and be a laughingstock. Kicked Atlanta's
0: butt. I think it was a fluke in terms of the Cowboys coming in unprepared. Like, that, they're not going to— That's
1: not really a fluke. That's just more of— I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you completely, because I get it.
0: Let's call it a blip. A blip. There we go. A blip. Blip. Okay. Because the Cowboys obviously did not come to play. No, they did not. And they showed us against Sunday that that was a one-time thing. Yeah, I think— And like I I said the week before, it's like, I wanted that game against Denver to be a wake-up call. Yes. Where they were like, oh, yeah, we cannot take any team for granted, because any team can beat us— any given Sunday if we do not show up. Yeah. And they were like, we are going to show up every week from now on. Now there's still, I'm not going to say that they're going to end up 15 and two because that's crazy talk. And you, it's the NFL, the team you have to be to be 15 and two at the end of the year is unbelievably good. And I still don't think the Cowboys are there yet. I think there's a couple of issues in the secondary and, you know, with injuries, you know, you could have that go down with a, another calf injury or something. Yeah. in four games and lose three out of the four. Yeah. So, I'm not ready to call 15 to 15 and two Cowboys first seed in the You're NFC. You're never ready yet. to
1: call anything,
0: Ryan. But I I mean, I'm going to be honest, this was and I think uh I heard the Jerry Jones interview after the game where they asked him when the last <laughs> time he saw a game this good was and he like thought about it. He was like, "I can't think of one."
1: Can we stop asking Jerry to speak, please?
0: Why? He's like, the owner. And he's Ryan, the general name manager. Ryan,
1: name me another owner a general manager that constantly has their face in a microphone or in a camera. Please tell Al me Davis. one. Really? Yeah. Really. Just win, baby. We're really gonna we're really Just gonna win, do baby. we're gonna do Al Davis. Man. Al Davis. No, there is nobody like Jerry Jones, and you we both know that. You should. I
0: do. You should be ashamed of yourself for even <laughs> bringing that up. What? But anyway, no. But don't tell me Al Davis was not all about living. I the,
1: I'm not going to say that he wasn't, but it's a constant thing with Jerry. It's always the hard yeah. the hard knocks. They yeah. had a they had a, their third episode was strictly over Jerry. Yeah. That's, no. It's
0: Jerry Jones' team. He's see, the but, but owner and the general manager.
1: Okay, so every owner has the right for the camera to be down their throat and up their butt. If Is that what you're it. telling me? If
0: they want it to be no, yeah they, No. so you were a Jerry owner. Jones advocate right now? No, I'm just saying that he as we're, the owner we're figuring in a lot of GM, stuff out here on the program, ladies and gentlemen. I'm saying as the owner in GM, if he wants to have a camera in his face answering questions, he can. He's the owner. But it's constant.
1: It's constant. Yeah. That's why these coaches like Garrett and McCarthy and Phillips, they're puppets. Uh-huh. They don't even say anything because Jerry does all the talking exactly. for him. And he's like, okay, do this when I tell you to." Jerry Jones says jump. Mike McCarthy says how high. And then he says, ouch, I pulled something. Look, That's what
0: happens. I'm not saying it's the right thing. Thing to do. I'm just saying, as the owner, he has the right to do it. You are a Jerry Jones apologist. No, Ryan Ball. <laughs> Absolutely not. I do not like Jerry Jones's GM style and the way he's ran the team. I do think it, in, in terms of personnel decisions. I do think he's the best owner in the NFL because somehow, for the past 20 years, he put a mediocre team on the field and still sold out seats in his stadium. Oh no, no, year no. After year no one can deny year. that
1: Jerry is a once-in-a-lifetime promoter and creator of Memories. I've been in Jerry World several times. Best owner, worst GM. Yeah, fair
0: enough. Yeah, but as the owner, other owners are like, you know what? Like, Robert Kraft is like, I'll let people... Like I bet he loves the fact that Belichick will go into a press conference and not say a word and be like, yeah. But at least that's
1: Belichick's
0: choice. Exactly, but that... Kraft realizes that it's better for Belichick to go, yeah, okay. Whereas, I've heard Mike McCarthy talk about his game plan. I'd rather have Jerry Jones talk about well, look, the album. No,
1: because Jerry Jones is an entertaining talker. Yeah. I'll give him that. Mike McCarthy is a milksop. Uh-huh. He delivers his delivery
0: with the force of a second coat it's of not paint. But it's, like, it's not even a comedic milksop no, like, not a like, com- like no, Belichick it's, is.
1: It's it's boring. It's uninspiring. He is, he is as vapid and airheaded as the people... That we watch on Fox News. It's embarrassing. Anyway, point being is just that, regardless of Jerry and the owners, we went off on the owners of the entire time, and it's my fault. I get it. But <laughs> no, as far as the game goes, see, the thing was, and we had talked about this, I like the fact that they let Dak full practice. Go on, man, go practice. Mm-hmm. And you see how that translated in the game because he got his timing back. He was 19 at 39. He went 24-31. Six, no, no my math is bad. Seven. Seven incompletions. That's it. It just shows that their mentality of, well, we got to keep Dak rest. We can't let him practice. We can let him run around a little bit, but that's it. You can't let that happen because it happened before the Denver game and it was an embarrassment.
0: I do think, too, that the, well, the receiving core actually caught the football, which oh. <laughs> helps quite a bit. It, yeah. A lot I would say at least seven or eight of those incompletions last week were due to receivers just straight up dropping it. But you now, I know, but he,
1: I know that you've um you've talked about you've said and you said to start the segment on the program that that was uh you were happy that Dallas had a game like that because it's wake up call. I'm yeah. glad the receivers kind of I mean I'm not glad you you're never glad when your team drops a ball, but I'm glad that they did that to show them hey just because you think you're a superstar and you may be, does not mean you can still not embarrass yourself and forget the fundamentals of mm-hmm. football. When you got Amari Cooper, who thankfully doesn't talk that much, when you have Amari Cooper take a ball in the breadbasket and then just drop it. Yeah. No, you're not, no, dude, catch the ball. And but I'm glad that he changed. And I think Amari was playing with even a little bit of a limp in this game. Stayed on the field, didn't wince, didn't whine, didn't complain, just played football. And it proved to me, Ryan Baldwin, the great Ryan Baldwin. That's me. That Dallas, when they set their minds to it, forget your Bengals, who you think when they set their <laughs> minds to it can beat anybody. Dallas has proven that when they set their minds to it, they cannot just beat anybody. They can steamroll people. And I, I think
0: that we are in for a fantastic rest of the season. Well, they'll have a chance to prove it because We've got up, KC. KC and... It- I mean, this will be—I'm I'm predicting a shootout here because Kansas City's defense is not great. No. And for Kansas City to keep up with Dallas, they're going to have to score. And I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to the Tyreek Hill on Trayvon Diggs matchup. I am. I uh, I am because
1: they're not that different when you think about it. Tyreek Hill is there's not— There's like
0: a foot difference between the two.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Ryan Watson. Um, no, but seriously, when you look at Tyreek Hill, what is he known for? His nickname speed. is Cheetah. His speed. Is he known for route running? No. Now, I'm not saying that speed won't come in handy on double moves, and because he can move his feet so fast, it will probably make Diggs' head spin around like he's in The Exorcist. But Diggs, as we've talked before, is an athletic corner. He's not good with technique, he's not good with lockdown, but he can be more athletic, chase people down, outreach them, and outstretch them, outjump them for the ball, right? Tyreek Hill is not a route-running wide receiver. He's a speed receiver. And am I saying that Trayvon can match him in speed? No, but this is where his height and athleticism comes in and his reach. Because if he can use his reach to his advantage and he can try to get out in front of um, Tyreek Hill more, then that shuts his speed down. Because athleticism can close that gap, not to mention with him being taller, his strides are longer. But again... That would encompass him having to learn to be a lockdown corner as well. But see, that's the thing. Lockdown corners don't work on Tyreek Hill because while you're trying to keep him in a box, he's going to zoom right past you every time, especially when you get him on slant routes. So I think, especially when it comes to post routes, he needs to use his athleticism because that is the only way that he's going to try He's going to be able to throw Tyreek Hill off.
0: It's the only way, in my opinion. I think the biggest issue for him is that you don't necessarily have to be a great route runner to do a little stop and go, right? No, that's what I said, yeah. So Tyreek Hill, if he does a stop and, like, just a little stop and go and dig steps even one yard towards him, he's beat. Oh, Tyreek Hill is so fast, fast that he's going he, to be yes, beat yes. on that's any kind of double That's the dangerous part of it, yeah. So he doesn't have to be a great route runner. No, he doesn't. And it's going to stretch Trayvon Diggs' athleticism to its max.
1: Yes. <laughs> but that's what you get when you're an athletic corner. Trust me. But that's the thing. Even with Tyreek Hill, his speed is going to wear off at some point. We've seen a bunch of speed receivers. Mike Wallace was, the, was a, when I was growing up, playing with Pittsburgh. He was the Tyreek Hill of his time. Mike Wallace was insanely fast. It ran out. Tyreek Hill's speed is. I'm not. I, I'm no. I know. I'm bringing this up at random, but I'm just saying it's the same thing with being an athletic corner and not a lockdown corner, not a technician when you're a corner. Speed receivers and athletic corners only run out because it's not going to carry you that far because your body breaks down after five seasons.
0: So, it's uh, it's due to be an interesting game, three twenty-five in the afternoon at Kansas City. So, you know, the Chief Fa- Chiefs faithful will be strong out there because I'm sure they're wanting to see the Cowboys go down. I don't I wonder when the last time we played the Chiefs was. Surely pre-Mahomes, right? We don't see oh, them yeah. very often. I've seen—Romo I've, I've, has played the Chiefs several times. I remember those games. Yeah, but it's been at least three, four years.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, but, yeah. But, no, they. we've definitely played the Chiefs more. So, is this the first
0: Dak Mahomes game?
1: Yes, Wow. Unfortunately, it's it's not coming at a time where Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league stat-wise right now.
0: Right. But I uh, well, I'm th- I like I said I think against the the Dallas defense there's plenty to look at in terms of
1: Yeah, but the good thing is for our defense at least is that Kansas City's o-line is about as bad as their d-line is. True. So True. You know, it just kind of depends on the way Dallas wants to play it. When you want to beat Mahomes, you put pressure on him. But see, that's the problem with Dallas's defensive scheme. We are a 3-4 prevent defense-style team, and that's a lot of man. That's a lot of coverage. It's a lot of zone, which Dallas is terrible at, and I wish they would get rid of that. They are terrible in zone coverage, but I think with Mahomes, you change the game plan. I'm not saying you blitz every down because he'll pick up on it, but you got to put pressure on him.
0: It's interesting, too, because— Micah Parsons. Well, You're going to be relying a lot on Parsons to create some havoc in the backfield— because you're still not going to have Randy Gregory. No, and unfortunately. And I guess we're not going to have Lawrence cuz I don't believe he played what, last what week. What is
1: it? Dude, he was supposed to be back by now.
0: Hey, but man, if I could in it
1: for the money and no one can
0: change my mind. Um as of 7 hours ago, DeMarcus Lawrence is still out. In it for the money. I uh Gallimore is still out as well. So you're going to be relying a lot on Micah Parsons because you know yep. what's really scary is Mahomes with a lot of time. Oh yeah, Mahomes with a lot of time, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey is a nightmare for defenses.
1: That uh, now see because the and like I said that's the problem because my thing is Parsons is going to be on Kelsey a lot. Because he's the only linebacker that they have, I feel like, they could keep you up could, with him. I think
0: you could put, like, Curse or somebody on him. You can bring him, roll a roll safety down.
1: Curse, I mean, I, now I'm glad you brought him. Curse has been the unsung hero of that defense. Mm-hmm. He has played extremely well, consistently. Absolutely, yeah. He's played extremely you, well.
0: And he's big enough, you could almost slide him down to almost a linebacker. Eh. But... I like him in that safety spot more. Because Kelsey, the good thing about Travis Kelsey...
1: Now, he's six foot seven. But he's only two forty five. He's not Gronk big, and not a lot of people are anyway. But I think with Kelsey, Kelsey is a lot is a lot of finesse. But don't let that fool you. He still has a lot of power. Like I said,
0: no. six seven two forty five. I'm not saying roll curse down on every No, no, play, no, no, no. But you, on you a can. third on a third and ten line, curse up on Kelsey. I think that's a fine matchup. You got size on size. Uh, Kelsey's not going to outrun him or no. anything. And that way you can match him up and let Parsons get after Mahomes. Mahomes.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But no, I agree with you because Parsons can't be in the backfield all the time. No. But, you know, like you said, Curse can't be on Kelsey all the
0: time. They're going to have to switch off. But the current line for the game, by the way, is uh, the Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite. I can live with that. Yeah, uh...
1: I think Dallas will, will win, but I can live with the Chiefs being a two point favorite. I will say this. This isn't the Kansas City of old, so they're not going to blow us out.
0: I, w- I think, as, again, as long as the Cowboys show up ready to play, I don't think we'll get blown out either. I think it's a shootout. I don't know. What-
1: See, but now this game's going to be a test. And I don't mean just because it's Kansas City, because we we've seen how teams react when they blow somebody out. They're like, yeah, we crushed them and we dominated them. And then you rest on your laurels again. That I hope that does not happen in this yep. game. I hope Dallas is like, okay, we've seen what we can do. Let's keep doing it. I don't know why that's so hard for Dallas to be like, okay, we've seen what we can do. Let's continue. Not we did this once and we're gonna lose again. It's
0: surprisingly similar stats too for teams that are so like different. Well, seven and two, six and four isn't too incredibly different. Um, but the Cowboys are putting up 444 yards a game. Chiefs four fourteen. The defense is giving up three hundred seventy one yards per game, and uh, the Chiefs are giving up three hundred eighty three. Um, with an over under predicted at fifty six, so I'm thinking it's going to be over because that's like a twenty eight to twenty eight game. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking it could go up to like forty two thirty five. Like I think, or it, maybe it's a field goal winner and it's thirty eight thirty five. I say, I say
1: field goal winner.
0: Uh, 35-32. 35-32. It's going to, I think it's going to be back and forth, and it's going to be a shootout. I just don't see these defenses no, being able to put no,
1: it up. No, 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 I 100% agree. The the, the defenses are not going to be locked down on any, uh, no. Dak can shred KC's defense. For sure. And Zeke, I feel like, because Zeke hadn't gotten above 40 yards rushing in a while. So, well, hadn't gotten above 50.
0: You know, because he's, you know, whatever. So Him and Pollard are splitting time, and I'm just fine with that because no, Pollard no, no, is No, 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 yeah. because
1: I, I'm fine with that, too, because Pollard is great. But I think Zeke will have—I say Zeke, 11 carries, 75 yards, couple touchdowns. Pollard, sure. 9 carries, 60 yards. Yeah. You know, average, 4.5, and then Zeke, 5.4. Because I think they're going to run them consistently, but they're going to let Dak take over the show. And I think Prescott will finish. I want to say, because uh, you said it's going to be a shootout, and I agree. I want to say 31, 31.40, 300 at least.
0: I mean, it's going to be at least 300. 300. If not 350 plus.
1: Yeah. And. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him four TDs. I'm gonna give him four, but I will also give him two INTs because I feel them coming. But
0: I I'm betting that this game will come down to it'll be like third fourth quarter. Yes, and both offenses will be rolling, and we're gonna look at it and go, okay, whatever defense gets a stop or makes a big play wins first, the game. Yes, wins the game because it's gonna be it. Either that, or we're gonna be completely wrong. It's gonna be one sided. The there's like, there's <laughs> I, no ho- I mi- hope it doesn't get to that. There's point. like no middle ground in this game. I don't think. This no, is, it is. No, there is not. This is a game where it's either gonna be close, or one team's gonna show up and the other one doesn't. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to the game, though. Me I think too. It's going to be really well, without good. a doubt. In my uh, opinion, game of the week. Oh, for sure. Don't go anywhere because we are going to continue our new series, Mount Rushmore's Sports. We're gonna take a look at the best quarterbacks. Yes should be interesting and I bet we'd agree on very few
1: I I agree on that too I bet we will
0: I can't wait to debate it don't go anywhere welcome back to The main event. Brian Baldwin and Mason Shepard still here, still ready to talk sports. And continue our series on the Mount Rushmores of sports. And this week, quarterbacks. And I'm going to go first.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Let, let, let Let me hear your
0: list so I can know how hard I need to judge you. So in following with the same criteria I did last week, with NBA, People who change the game. People who change the game. Now, yes. quarterbacks, in football, at least, positions don't really change Not the games. Not necessarily. Really. But I did manage to narrow it down to some people that changed the quarterback position. I'm afraid you've got a couple of mine. So, very first one, I'm going all the way back into the 1910s. Wow. All the way back. Old school. We're talking Gus Doré, starting quarterback for Notre Dame. And he was the one, along with uh, Newt Rockney, uh, who kind of combined to make the forward pass a thing way really? back in the day. Nice. Yes. So they first kind of uh, showed it off in their. Rivalry game against Army, yeah. Um, back in the day, back in uh, 1913. Um, so Mike Ray led the 1913 Notre Dame team to a seven and zero, uh, record that year, and it was mostly due to the fact that they could actually pass the ball well. He actually passed one time. 14 of 17 for 243 yards and three touchdowns back in 1913.
1: <laughs> Read those stats again.
0: 14 of 17 for 243 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. And a 35 to 13 victory over the then undefeated army at West Point. Um, and that was that game in particular kind of uh, has kind of been synonymous with making the modern passing game a, like what it is. So Gus Doray is up there because of his, not invention of, because he didn't really invent it, but his popularization of passing from a quarterback position. Wow. Next, Mm -hmm. I have Broadway Joe Namath. And the reason I have Broadway Joe is because he was the one that turned the quarterback into, like, the popularity position right so pop culture basically the pop, like when when broadway joe came in and he was you know media icon on field success he was fashionable at the time good personality all the women loved him oh yeah he turned that quarterback position into like what it is now in terms of <laughs> bless you in Thank terms you. <laughs> in terms of how it is perceived by like, the media, now, yeah. Because yeah, now the quarterback is the star of every team, exactly. And that started with Joe in Namath. My opinion, with Joe Namath. All right. So net. So we've got Guster Ray... Guster Duray passing. Joe Namath making the quarterback the, the most yeah. prevalent position. Yeah. Then we have the evolution of the quarterback, and I was I was torn on this one between a couple of different people. And I'm gonna go with Randall Cunningham.
1: Damn it, Ryan!
0: As the, because I was torn, because technically Fran Tarkenton was like the very first mobile running back, or a quarterback. God, he was the very first like real runner. Had 3,674 career yards at a time where that was ridiculous, and before Brett Favre and a bunch of other people surpassed him, he was the NFL all-time leader in passing yards as well. Yes. So I was I was torn between Fran Tarkenton and Randall Cunningham. I wish you would have taken Fran Tarkenton. I'll take Fran Tarkenton then. So you no, can have it's ruined now.
1: It's ruined. You already said you're taking Randall.
0: But Randall Starship 12. Randall the took, ultimate weapon. Yes, Randall took the mobile quarterback and made it into a show. Like the for the first time. This was like the like everybody wanted to see Randall Cunningham play cuz he was just that elusive, that explosive and had a cannon for an arm by the way. No, he could he could throw
1: he could throw the ball, and I guess I well since we do the same one, I'll jump in with yeah. the reason. Um, and I would put Randall Cunningham honestly uh, as my number two of all time because Randall Cunningham, besides revolutionizing the way the quarterback game is played, being mobile, uh, as a black person, it means a lot to see someone like that lead because Philadelphia let's face it it's not the nicest city to live in especially back in those times what? and I think Randall Cunningham being the leader the star of that team just really enhances the the power that he has and, and will had and his ability I mean he's a, he was a four-time all pro it was one-time all pro but he was a four-time pro bowler and this close to getting to a Super Bowl uh, when he was with the Vikings so Randall Cunningham was a pioneer in black sports, um, and it was—I definitely had him number two on my list. Yeah. Now let's see what the rest of yours. And it better not be—I'm not going to say his name, but it better—you know who I'm talking about.
0: It had better not be. I'll give you seven reasons as to this next man.
1: Don't you do
0: it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, it's beyond TB, that. Okay, it's good. It's TB12. I've, honestly, I don't have Tom Brady on my list. It's TB12. Yeah. Just in terms of, because, you know, like, Michael and LeBron, when we were talking about last week, they didn't overall change the game they were played. They're just so dominant. I mean, they play. they changed it a little bit just because people had to, like, play around them more yeah. as a superstar, but... Tom Brady is that level of dominance in the quarterback Well, the I mean, I, you, I could argue that Brady hasn't changed anything
1: either. He hasn't. Tom Brady just plays the game. He hasn't changed. He he, he, he's changed it, honestly, negatively. What? You want, don't like the Brady Tuck rule? No, I don't. And he was the reason that, that you can't dive at quarterback's legs anymore. That was because of Brady. But— so he's changed, honestly, negatively in some aspects. Look, well, if you want to go most winningest quarterback of all time, no, most winningest, well, not athlete, because Serena Williams has won like over 22
0: titles. Yeah. But, and Bill Russell's won. Yeah, like, exactly. But if
1: you want to go the most, you know, it,
0: quarterback with the most accolades, I'm there. But here, well, so here's, the, here's the way he's actually also changed the game positively. How? What? No other quarterback has reached his age and been able to play at that high level. So he's showing now that as long – there is room for quarterbacks that don't take a bunch of hits and run around. To play play, until they're 45. To play until they're 45. Whereas most people are like, man, this guy's getting to be 33. We better right out the door. Yeah, but
1: I also think Tom Brady, because with winning, he has been able – and it's not a knock on him. I mean, this is actually more to his credit. He trains in the off-season. He's yeah. kind of like LeBron. They train all year he round takes to keep, himself. To keep yeah. himself in great shape. No cheat meals for TV. No. So, yeah, I, I'll give you that. He's changed the way you can it's, perceive a quarterback or any football player, for that matter, yeah. playing for that long and period of time. It,
0: if it was just that, I probably wouldn't include him. But his level of success over his entire career, over the, the his entire lengthy career, is what put him up there for me. Yeah, I got you. So, I've got... Just to recap, Gus Duray for the crediting uh, the popularization of the forward pass, Joe Namath for popularizing the quarterback position, Randall Cunningham for turning the quarterback from a pocket passer into a mobile quarterback, and then Tom Brady for extending careers and just overall success. Yeah.
1: I think it's not a bad list. No, it's not a bad list. Hate you stole mine. I Jerk. Know. Uh, but um Brand Dark and Dead instead of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um so uh another one on my Mount Rushmore would have to be Warren Moon. Oh okay. um, yeah. also, again, pioneer. But I think when you I think it, Warren Moon, you can make the same case as well as we've made for Randall Cunningham. With Warren Moon, um it was just watching that explosiveness. And again, playing in a time where being black in sports was not necessarily I don't know good I mean because you know you had people that would root for you but they would root for you because you were on their team not because they cared for you as a human being and I think that's just one of those things with you know having black athletes that you know are prevalent in sports and with Warren Moon he you know he was a part of the Houston Oilers before they became the Texans
0: and Uh, Oilers moved up to Tennessee yeah but it, yeah, was st- the Titans, it was... Yeah, the yeah. Oilers became... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Houston Oilers well, became Tennessee Titans, my bad.
0: Yeah. yeah, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the Texans were an expansion
1: team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, nine Pro Bowls, and he also played with the Vikings, too. I mean, he's a he's a two-time, you know, all-yards leader. You know, he, he played the game a lot better than, in my opinion, a lot of people will give him credit for. But, you know, I just... I think as far as Warren Moon goes, you've got to... I definitely... We'll always have him on my Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, I think I think you uh I think you underestimate his popularity. My dad had a Warren Moon car. No, I I know how popular he was. No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm not talking about in terms of like pop and, and pop culture or as far as like how many people like respected him and liked his work. I just think when you talk about who could be the greatest, I know that he didn't win Super Bowls. But when we're talking about impact. You can't forget Warren Moon, and I see Warren Moon left out, just like sometimes I see Cunningham left out. Uh, So that's for that. My third, and um, I'm going to be honest here, and a lot of people probably will not like this, but um, even though he's only won one Super Bowl, I will always believe that Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game
0: okay i can see that drew
1: Brees, in my opinion is the most accurate quarterback i've ever seen mm-hmm. play because not not incredibly athletic you know not tall at least brady's six four breeze is five foot ten or a little or six feet but he's not that tall
0: i'm pretty sure and that like six feet with cleats off <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> but that man can let a ball go just just gone. And I think with Drew Brees, consistency is key. And he was always consistent, passing yards, touchdowns. You would just watch him work. And it was just like you were watching the virtue. I've always called Drew Brees the virtuoso of the quarterback position because that's what he was. He was always able to motivate his team. He was a great team leader, motivate his team, get his team ready to play. But he was always ready. And he kept himself in good shape. But he is probably the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen because he, uh, there are just some passes, you're like,
0: how did he do that? And yeah. it's just right in the numbers. I think the, the other thing, too, is Tom Brady wouldn't have these records if he hadn't played like oh yeah, two, three years more than Drew Brees. Than Drew Brees Drew Brees had these records before Tom Brady took him, and Tom Brady took him because of, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but if they had retired on the same year, there's no way that Brady would catch, would catch up with him. So, no, I think Drew Brees is a good, good breeze. Okay, and then my last
1: one, again, a lot of people will probably not like this because they probably don't like him as a person, which I don't either. But in terms of football IQ, I got to put Aaron Rodgers on my list because Aaron Rodgers has proven that even though his off-the-field antics are subject to people's opinion, the one of the highest football IQs I've ever seen over Peyton Manning yes really because and and they both do this like with the snap count and they'll get people to jump because I've we've seen Peyton do that a million times and like I said if this was five then if, if it was my roastmore was five people Manning would be on there and I grew up watching Peyton Manning too I'm a 2001 kid so all these guys I've watched mm-hmm. except Moon and Cunningham but when you watch Aaron Rodgers, there's a certain on the field psychology that he plays with other teams. Peyton, in my opinion, was very gifted, very talented, and also very smart. Because what well, I, I I don't know what his grade was, but as far as like reading the plays, because you know they do the quarterback test, he scored yeah. very actually, he didn't. He scored a little bit above Vince Young and Vince Young failed it. Oh, so really? um, but no, but I mean, if you're going IQ alone, Tony Romo. Is- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has proven he takes it. Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate opportunist of football. Drew Brees is the virtuoso. Warren Moon, all, all around ultimate. And then you have the weapon, Randall Cunningham. But the ultimate opportunist, Aaron Rodgers, takes advantage of every opportunity. When a team's got 12 men, he knows it, snap the ball. When there's an offside, free play. When he knows he can get them to jump, he gets them to jump. When he knows he can fake being vaccinated by (laughs) being immunized, he can do that too.
0: (laughs) Yes, high IQ, ultimate
1: opportunist, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I just, I just think, and I just don't think you can have a a Mount Rushmore in in certain. I'm not speaking to you, but I'm just saying. Or if we're going all time list. You well, can't ignore Aaron Rodgers being sure. on there. And I
0: think that's just, you know, we have slightly differing opinions on what constitutes a Mount Rushmore, which is fine.
1: No, uh, I, I agreed with you. Changing yeah. the game is definitely important. But in, in this list, as opposed to the last one I did, this was less about changing the game, at least for uh, besides the black players. And it was more about for Breeze and Rodgers. How they were this specific type of they are specific type of quarterback that cannot be replicated. Right. Brady is not. Brady is someone that you can replicate because he's a guy with gr- great talent, great talent and a high football IQ, and he's the greatest uh, quarterback to ever play the game, seven championships. But we can't say that that will never happen again. It's not likely because it's the NFL, but it can happen again. But you cannot replicate Drew
0: Brees' accuracy. You can't replicate Aaron Rodgers' football IQ. I think that's disingenuous to say. I think it's it's just as likely that somebody, like, you know, I'm not saying that there's going to be, you know, if we're putting uh, Breeze passer rating at 99 on Madden, (laughs) I'm not saying that there's going to be four people coming along that are like, oh, yeah, 97, 98, close enough. But I think it's I think I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to say that there's a possibility that somewhere down the line another 99 comes around.
1: I mean, another 99 will come around. They always do. But I'm just talking about the way you get. I'm just saying throwing the football in tight corners. Throwing yes, footballs tight corners. in tight corners. It's just one of those things where it's like Drew Brees, I've just never seen anybody do it like him. And like I said, with Aaron Rodgers, yes. It's you can say that there can be someone who could come along and and have a very high IQ, but I just don't see that at that level. That level of Everything that's on the field, I'm going to take advantage of and use it in my favor because Aaron Rodgers is really known. He's known for a lot of things, but he, as far as being on the field, he's known for throwing touchdowns as well as getting defensive players to jump, as well as, you know, getting able to use penalties to his advantage. I've never seen someone use penalties to their advantage like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and I think. He is another one of those guys, and this is where he and, and Tom match up. When you have them down, but there's a minute left, you're screwed because you don't leave any time for them left. Yep. It doesn't matter if it's a minute, doesn't matter if it's 30 seconds, doesn't matter if it's five seconds, really because we, we saw what happened with uh, with Detroit and that Hail Mary to Richard Rogers, no relation. You just you can't leave any time for them. And I just think that Tom, uh, Drew Brees, accuracy on point virtuoso commands the field. The definition of a field general. Aaron Rodgers, tactician, because he knows what to take advantage of and win. That's
0: fair. No, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, straight up with any of those. I think that's a a perfectly fine Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So. I was surprised. We had, we only had the one matching this time. Yeah. But there's a lot more quarterbacks, I guess, to, to yeah, go through. That yeah, it,
1: it, it's not like basketball. There's no. there's, a, there's a lot more quarterbacks to where you could be like, well, him, him. Because I know some people would put Elway, and some people would put Montana, and uh, some people would obviously put Brady and Manning. Uh, I know one guy that would put Romo over Aiken, Aikman, and that scares me. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think you can crucify
0: that. No. All right, well. That's a good, clean, family, fun Mount Rushmore segment. Yeah. We will continue that segment next week as well and determine what we'll do a Mount Rushmore. Want we'll to do
1: running backs next we'll time? Want to do running backs?
0: Want we'll to do running backs? Let's do running backs. Let's do running backs. Sounds good. We'll do running backs Sounds good time. to me. But don't go anywhere, because we still have one more sports adjacency coming up. Yep. And, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gruden just uh, keeps making things spicier and spicier for the NFL. Chucky don't, strikes back. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a look at all the developments on that. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the main event. Still Ryan Baldwin, still Mason Shepard. Still talking sports and sports adjacencies, as my lovely wife likes to call them. And the most sports-adjacent thing happening at the moment. John Gruden, whose emails were picked up by the NFL during their investigation into the Washington football team. Yep. And was basically fired from the Raiders, has now turned it around onto the NFL and will be suing Commissioner Roger Goodell and the National Football League, alleging that a, quote-unquote, malicious and orchestrated campaign was used to destroy Gruden's career by leaking old emails he had sent that included racist, misogynistic, and homophobic comments. And transphobic. All the phobics. All the phobes. And... So this is going to take a while to unfold because it's a lawsuit, and lawsuits are never really cut and dry. No, and I'm not really sure if the NFL is going to just—they're going to pay, settle. Him. They're yeah, gonna settle. I'm thinking they're, they'll settle. Because, the reason
1: they're going to settle
0: is because,
1: obviously, the re- look—the reason why Gruden is suing the NFL. It's not because just because he feels like they maliciously tried to end his career by finding his emails. It's because the buddies he was sending these things to for the last eight years, they were like, nah, John, we're um we're not uh we're not gonna join you on that campaign, buddy. They didn't come to his defense or they weren't like, you know, uh, we don't think he really did anything. He was by himself. And Gruden got hot. And then was like, oh, okay, I'm going to sue. Because this is what this is why they're going to settle. Because if they don't, because what's going to happen is his lawyers are going to find all the emails. Yes. And it, when they find—because the NFL lied and said that they didn't find anything, which is obviously not true. And if they settle,
0: that's proof. 650,000 emails. Yeah,
1: to multiple—
0: To ma- multiple owners. You think John Gruden was only sending this to certain people and he was the only one expressing these opinions? No. That's naivety at mm-hmm. its finest.
1: Exactly. So what's going to happen is they're going to get all the emails and they're going to like they're going to go back to the NFL and be like, OK, I have these emails. Now I can we can leak all of them and everybody else can get in trouble because, you know, there are some higher ups who work with DeMarie Smith that probably don't like him like Gruden does not and have probably said things about him, too. Yeah, somebody is going to pay up because they're not going to want that stuff to come out. No, that's in my opinion. That's the reason they. That's the reason they lied in the first place. Said, "Oh, we checked all of them. We didn't find anything." Because there is someone in the higher ups that said something. Someone? I think there's multiple. Oh yeah. Well, the the, the, expression. Yeah. Yes. There There was some multiple people said something.
0: Six hundred fifty thousand emails, and like we said, the, the fact that only this select few were leaked and it only pertained to Gruden. Who had recently had a spat with the owner of the NFL, yeah, or, uh, with uh, Goodell, the commissioner? I, I, I know it's like bordering on conspiracy theorists here because there's no proof or anything to it, mm. and it's just subjective at this point because there's no actual proof, and therefore, uh, innocent until proven guilty. But I am looking at this going, yeah, it's really weird that Gruden was the only one that was, uh implicit in all this, or at least according to the NFL. And I think uh the NFL really does not want to go to court for the exact reason you listed is because then once it's public, all six hundred and fifty thousand emails will be public. Yep. And when everybody gets their hand on that, there's a lot of owners going like, No 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 take it back, take it back take it back. Yeah. Well you can't take it back. It's no already they're,
1: they're already been they've already been sent. Already and been that's sent the catalog. That's why that's why I know why Gruden is suing. Because he was he had he went down for everybody, didn't like it and was like, come on, man, say something in my defense and in blah, blah, blah. And nobody said anything. Every owner, because we know some owners chimed in, obviously, we know some higher ups in the NFL, PA and the NFL chimed in. But they're just like, no, nope, no, nope, we're going to let you take all the heat. And he was like, okay, bet. I'm suing the NFL, and I'm going to make them pay me But before we just leak everything. Because Gruden, he does not want to be as, as mad as Chucky can get, and as we saw with those emails, which were disgusting. He knows that he doesn't want to be the only one to go down for this. Oh, he yeah. uh, knows that.
0: Let's be clear. Neither of us are defending Gruden or anything that he said but in terms of transparency show the emails let's yeah. see them all cuz oh i want to see <laughs> show all the emails I wanna again i want to see cuz this let's let's not forget this started as an investigation End into, the, into washington. the washington football team and the reports of misogyny and uh, sexual harassment and hostile work environments going on from there and we've seen what happened with the um
1: Because that was Bruce
0: Allen, who was the president at the the time. And don't forget the NFL was like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing here except these Gruden emails. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's— Dude. I'm not sold.
1: I'm not sold either. And plus, I'll take it a step further. DFW area. I think Jerry Jones has a play in this. I feel like there's stuff—I feel like Jerry's—every person I've told that to, they've agreed. I feel like Jerry Jones has stuff in there because— Um, Jerry Jones used to, cause, uh, some woman talked about Jerry Jones used to invite owners in to gawk and stare at the cheerleaders and take pictures and stuff like that. We don't know what Jerry Jones has said about Dak when they were going through their contract disputes behind closed doors. We don't know what he said about Dak. We don't know what he said about anybody. And I'm not trying to frame Jerry Jones or defame him or use libel against him, but he has a bad track record. With as far as relations with other people outside of the Dallas Cowboy bubble, okay? Besides Robert Kraft and other owners. Uh, I feel like he's got, he's a part to play in this because let, let's put it like this. If, and the reason I feel like I'm right, let's look at it, let's take the personal stuff out of it, let's look at it from a business standpoint. Jerry Jones is the owner who would more than likely contributes the most money to the NFL,
0: yeah. right? They, his, uh, the Cowboys, I believe, are the, uh, highest net worth team in the NFL by far.
1: Yeah. So when you when you take that into account, if emails of Jerry Jones being racist, misogynistic, sexual harassment, transphobic, homophobic, whatever, if any of that comes out, they're, the Cowboys, they're going to lose money, man, because with this society and this day and age, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, Nobody's going to accept that. And now Jerry Jones is not going to pull a Gruden. He'll go into hiding, but he's not going to give up any
0: power. Well, yeah. So then the issue becomes if this is as widespread as we are contemplating. Yep. How do you handle it? Because let's let's just say fifty percent of the owners have emails that turn up that look exactly like Gruden's. Yeah. Are fifty percent of owners going to step down? No, I don't see. That I don't, I think zero percent step down. They're not stepping down. So, but so then, like, what do you do as the NFL? Do you hope that the product that you've built is just so big now that everybody forgets about it or just goes? No. Well, I'm not going to not watch the NFL. So, eh, well, but like. no,
1: because I well, okay. For one, the only time people were like boycotting the NFL was when they blackballed. Well, no, whiteballed cap. That's the only time that people legitimately write, like, "I'm not going to watch." And even then, that wasn't a huge amount of people, but people still were chanting for him, as they should have. But as far as this Gruden case and as far as emails like this, honestly, man, I don't know what they do. Because you can't—they're owners. You can't really punish them. You can fine them, but no one wants a fine at that right. point. A fine, a fine is
0: nothing. The Cowboys are worth $6.5 billion with a B-E with abe dollars
1: and even uh, then, kind we of know fine. Jerry's not stepping and we, down.
0: And we've seen the kind of NFL fines that they throw out when we saw Aaron Rodgers get $14,000. Yeah, $14,000, Yeah, which was a slap on the wrist, if that. That yeah. was more just like a wag of the finger. like nah, Yeah, no, 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 no. So any fine that they levy is basically just for show and doesn't actually do anything.
1: Exactly. No, I. what I think they do is— because the, and this is why they're in a trying position. You can't really punish the team, like oh, you don't get these draft picks. Yeah, or, cause, what, cause you're gonna
0: punish the players. You're gonna for punish that? the
1: players. No, I honestly, I, ju- I think at the end of the well, not at the end of the day. I think what it comes down to is, honestly, unless there, because we have to remember, there are probably other coaches will be fired or let go they're not gonna stay coaches will be fired because they're expendable and we know that. But owners, I don't think anything happens to them because they they have that platform where they can say stuff like that. And Look, look, the only way the owner will decide it's best for me to step away is when they stop making money. And Jerry will
0: never stop making money. Well, not to mention, not just that, but like you can't really force, if it's like 15 own if it's like one owner or two owners that ends up being implicated, yeah, that's you different. could maybe go like, okay, we're going to force you to sell because yes. you know there's going to be some group that'll buy an NFL team, yes. unless it's like the Jaguars, but even then you'll find somebody that'll want to buy it. Oh, them. boy. Um, but yeah, you can't force 15 owners to sell the team in a reasonable amount of time. There's no. just nobody with that amount of money. No. And uh, that's the thing. I. I hate to use this word,
1: but that's that's what it is. I think owners in this in this slide are untouchable because you can't really do anything. Right. The worst the the worst that they could do is just go into hiding, like you don't see them at the games, which would be rare. They just choose to stay out of the public eye for a while. But everybody
0: knows still.
1: No, no, no. Like, but no, Jerry that's Jones the, but that's the like... thing. Everybody's going to know, and because let's just face the facts here, man. And, and I'm Jerry Jones is the perfect example. No, no, no. Actually, the Washington football teams. Owner was the best example. What happened when people were criticizing him about the name Redskin still being attached to the team? What did he say? I don't see it as a problem. It's our mascot. It's involved in our team fight song. It's our culture. We're not changing it. The best that they made them do was change their name because people were so outraged by it. That I, is the only thing. But even then, when that's even, what I'm saying. We
0: haven't even really changed the name. That's just my point. The, the... the
1: backlash hit him, and he did not care because he's yeah. the owner and doesn't have to. Listen, what these guys say, if it comes out in the open and some of them don't care, that's one thing. At least we know the type of people that they are. Gruden's whack apology meant nothing to me personally, so I expected this from him. But I just think that When you're going to involve legal things and you're going to involve punishments, it is nothing more than just you have to know what your options are. With owners, the NFL doesn't have any. They can't really do anything to them. With coaches, they do. They can fire them. And the teams even fire them. Even with people in the NFLPA, they can step down. But owners,
0: I... Hesitate to say in any context that I want something for John Gruden at this point because I know it'll be taken out of context. But here's what I want for John Gruden. I don't want him to settle. I want him to go full scorched earth and say, no, let's take this to court and let's get all those emails in the public light. Because I think if it's as bad as we all think, then— we, as the public and the supporters of the NFL, deserve to know. You, we, we deserve won't, though. We, if he goes to court, we will. We want. If he settles, then yeah, we'll never know. He's and gonna settle,
1: dude. The NFL is going to give him, and they're going to give him hush money and a non-disclosure agreement yes,
0: for sure. But I want for John Gruden. I want you. Him to go you want full Chucky to earth. go Chucky and I just want, be yeah. like,
1: "No, we're because yeah. I'm not the only one." Yeah,
0: I want him to go. No, we're gonna do it like this, we're, and We'll and we're see. gonna go and. Honestly, the only way that the biggest issue with this is that to hurt the owners, it comes down to the fans. Yes. And the NFL has built their product over so many years and in such a way that it is as ingrained into American society as pretty much anything that McDonald's. You know, anything you think America, one of the things you think of is football. Yes. It is the sport out of the top, out of the big four. Yes. It draws so much, so many viewers week after week on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night. Yeah. they've There's so much money tied up in advertisements and in uh, sponsorships for stadiums and all this stuff that, the only way that anybody could hurt the owners badly is to not watch the teams but that's just not realistic and not feasible like even if 50% if the emails came out and 50% of people said i'm not watching the nfl at all this year i still think the league would operate under a profit
1: dude there there are so many people in this country who could who don't really care They want football. They don't care about this social stuff. The NFL will be fine. That's what I'm saying. Fans boycotting will not work because not enough fans will do it.
0: It would have to be. You say
1: 50%, dude. I think the fan boycott rate would probably be just around. I don't know, probably
0: maybe 25, 30. Right, but I'm saying even if it was up to 50% somehow, there. No, wouldn't no, make no, a I agree with you. You're even looking 50%, at 50%, nothing at would happen. you 75 to 80% of people not watching, not going to games before the NFL even starts to notice, I think. Just in terms of, because imagine like 50%, I mean, they're still selling, I bet most of their money comes from ad revenue from people, from companies buying ad space on the broadcasts. Yeah. Like, I, the the teams themselves like they promotion. they they were just fine under covid when nobody was going to games
1: you know what i've got it the only way that they're going to get a little bit hurt a little bit not a lot they'll still make a profit promotion promotion in that cuz yeah people they people start get, pulling ads because let's face it if you're a television station do you really want to promote a team that's got a lot of heat on them because of what an owner said? no, you don't and uh, you're
0: pulling it as a station though I can tell you that as they, a station you'll care, go with it they but, care about the money so if if they see that people still want to watch the game and are still tuning in, they won't do it I don't and know it, man do I think it would just cause more of an uproar if if, if
1: people would promote them because we've seen it we've seen people who promote things
0: get canceled basically right but like is that fair to the tv stations they're just they they have nothing to do with the nfl other than the fact that they were contractually obligated or probably they they signed a contract with the nfl for the game rights so is what the owners did supposed to like lose millions of jobs for espn or cbs not millions of jobs but yeah. hundreds of jobs for cbs and nbc and all these these companies that are you got do know, the rights for the games.
1: You do know they promote more than football,
0: right? Yes, but they'll let's not, be fine. Let's they're not, not going to lose that, jobs over football. Let's they'll not, live. Oh, sh- I mean, they, they, you you're telling that they're programming for the rest of the week and they're programming just for football is too completely like if they lose if they decide not to promote those games and carry those games, you're losing All the technical directors, all the producers, all the camera guys, all the talent. Well, see that—that's where you're getting into. That's where
1: you're getting into idealism. There is not a station on this planet. That's why I said strictly promotion. There is not a station on this planet that's going to stop carrying football. It's not going to happen. It makes them too much money. I never said that they were going to stop carrying them, but. Promotion is different because you don't have to promote them. Cause like you said, people are gonna find out about with technology, people can find out where a game is anyway.
0: So it doesn't hurt them that bad. Well then it doesn't I would argue it doesn't really do anything then. Even because no, even if you don't promote but that's the it, thing, but.
1: it's not but that's the thing. This is football, right? It's not going to do anything regardless, but that's just only a little bit. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to hurt anybody regardless. It's American football. There are going to be so many people who are just like, I want to watch the game. I'm not either or with the politics or the social stuff. They're going to watch it on CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN. They're going to watch it. So that will never go away. So therefore, those, those stations will not stop covering it. But as far as promotion, they may stop doing that. And even then, that's a may. In my opinion, Gruden will settle because he is a smart enough man to know Nothing would change except his bank account at that point. Nothing would change because here's the well, thing. Even if those emails come out, he still hated. It. It's not like that makes him any better. He's just with a group of people and not by himself.
0: Well, it also depends on how much the NFL is going to try and pay him out because he, depending on what these emails say, he may have a lot of leverage to a point where the NFL will be like, no, we're not going to pay that. And he's yeah. like, okay, fine. Then we're going to do this. But, but they'll pay
1: it. It's the NFL. I
0: just I I haven't seen uh I don't think they've put out uh it's seeking unspecified damage on seven total claims as well as punitive damage and attorney's fees. So theoretically, across seven claims, you're looking at a lot of money. And that I think so I I, I think we can agree that this the determining factor in most of this is going to be how much money the NFL is going to look to give him. And if it's enough, he'll settle. And if not, he'll take it to court. But I can't imagine that this is that the NFL wants this to go to court and they will pay whatever kind of money that that Gruden agrees to. And while we're on that, is that basically not an admission of guilt?
1: Dude, it wasn't for the NFL, for the NFL, dude, it was an admission of guilt when they came out and said that they didn't see anything else. That was an admission of guilt because you can you can see through that, dude. Because like you said, do you really think out of six
0: hundred and fifty thousand emails that nobody said anything no, misogynistic, racist but you could, all that stuff? You could theoretically get away with some, with that, like even if it's not likely, you could say, Well, it's not impossible that they didn't. But if Gruden comes at, back to him and says, Yeah, you targeted me by not, you know, by picking and choosing these emails, targeting me, and the NFL goes. Okay, we'll take this money because we're not going to fight it. Then, yeah, that I think that is the I think that's more of the admission of guilt than than saying they didn't find anything.
1: Mm, not really, because because dude, settlements, and I think that's the problem with settlements as far as the societal standing is. We always think, oh, a settlement means he's guilty. Not necessarily. A settlement just means I just want this. Sometimes it means I just want this to go away. Because sometimes you, as the 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 guilt, well, the person being accused. Sometimes you just have to be like, look, I know what I did and didn't do, and my sanity is more important than what these people think of me, so whatever. That's why I don't like how sediments are always just looked at. well, it's an admission of guilt. I will always say that them saying that they found nothing else is more of an admission of guilt because it's so obvious that's a lie. It's obvious that's a lie. You can't tell me every single person that is involved in that Six hundred and listen to the number six hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, and only one guy won out of an investigation they were doing into the Washington football team. Anyway, so you knew it's a lie right there. On one guy, one said stuff that was misogynistic, racist, transphobic, and homophobic, and he was sending these back, and, and, and even then, he was sending these back and forth to people, Ryan. So what do you think their response was? It was an agreement because you. my mom taught me, and this is right about society, you only are able to say stuff like that around people you're comfortable saying that to. Mm-hmm. And if they're comfortable with you saying it, more than likely, they agree with it. Yeah. So there is no, that, I will never agree with you on, uh, settlement is is the big admission. That saying, well, we checked all of them, we found nothing. That will always be a bigger admission to me because it's so obvious due to the factors. It's a lie. It's it's too obvious.
0: That's fair. But I, I, I think that um, depending on—I'm not saying every settlement is an admission of guilt. Yeah, I know that. But it depends on the situation. Like Deshaun Watson trying to settle all his claims so he could move out to Miami and be done with it. Did he actually do that? I don't know if he actually did to twenty-two different women, but I'm not ready to take that settlement as a admission of guilt. I'm ready to take that settlement as I am trying to move on to Miami. I, th- I mean, I think it's it, out of those twenty-two. I think at, he's definitely guilty on at least one of them. You don't have twenty-two yeah. women come forward without having at least one of them be guilty. Yeah. Um, but for something like this with the NFL the fact that they would settle instead of it, cuz if it was easy for them to dispute fine bring it on but it, the settling makes me is the admission of guilt cuz it's like no we don't want this to go to court that is the big one cuz they know if it goes to court all these emails are public that's why for me i see that settlement as an admission of guilt because that's like no if it if it if it's not if Gruden's wrong and it wasn't a campaign, that's very easy to orchestrate. They just go, look at these 650,000 emails. Look at the only ones that were racist, homophobic, and transphobic, and all that stuff, and it's only you. It's a pretty open-and-shut deal at that point. That That is—no way is that possible, that it was just Gruden. I know it's not possible, but I'm None. saying if it was possible, the NFL would do it because Ex- it's No, no, easy. no.
1: I agree with you on that, but that's the thing. They will set up—look, because we had already discussed this— Nothing can I mean what PR that's the only bad thing that they'll get but they get bad PR anyway right from the domestic violence you know black guy gets involved in something that's wrong I'm not defending anything here but it's all over the NFL and they talk about it and they're like well we condemn this the Giants I think it was their punter at the time his wife had to stay at a separate hotel because of how abusive he was when they were playing the Pro Bowl. So uh, they already have a bad rep for that. So, But at the same time, I, I, no, I, I will always just say them coming out and definitively being like, nope, there's nothing else. We, no. Because, again, those factors just always will outweigh what they say. And Gruden, kno- and here's the thing, the reason why that's the better admission, I just thought of another factor. If Gruden knew that it was more than just him, he would do what he's doing right now and sue for like, oh, because you guys are making a campaign against me. He wouldn't do that if it was. it's very clear that they can prove that it was only me. If he can find a way to prove, which it would be obvious, that it wasn't just him, which is what he's doing now, and prove that the NFL was lying about it, which they are, then they will settle. Because they know... They, Because that's my thing. Now, if they had not come out and said, oh, we didn't find anything, then I would agree with you 100% settlement is admission of guilt. But the fact that they came out and said, we checked all of them, we found nothing, that was the admission. It was just one of those subtle admissions that people just took at face value. But that that was them saying... We really don't want to look into this any further. We didn't really look that hard at this, so we found nothing, and we don't really want to speak on the matter anymore. But Gruden is making them.
0: That That's on them. They shouldn't have said that. You know what's kind of interesting, too? What? The NFL didn't actually report the emails. That was not an NFL... Um. That was not p- released as part of the investigation. Nope. That was revealed in a report by the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Which also kind of un- like does the rabbit hole of if those emails, which we don't know. I haven't been able to figure out what the Wall Street Journal, how they figured it out, what the report, uh, where they got their information from. Maybe some kind of whistleblower. Um, but. Interestingly enough, if picture the world where the Wall Street Journal doesn't get that, and the NFL just goes six hundred fifty thousand emails didn't see anything in their investigation. I think the only reason Gruden even went down is because the emails got leaked, and I think that that's part of what Gruden is saying is that the le- emails were leaked intentionally.
1: Yeah, no, no, I got what I'm. So, I got what he means when he says
0: that. It's, He's, an, it's he, a rabbit he, hole. Though. His
1: case. His case is they leaked these emails intentionally. To ruin
0: my career. Now, the intentionally part is going to be hard to prove because that means they would have to go to the Wall Street Journal and be like, who's your source? And a lot of reporters and editors are going to be like, yeah, I don't have to reveal my source. So, And they would have to find some kind of (laughs) – bless you. Thank you. They would have to find some kind of back and forth between the Wall Street Journal and the NFL to figure that out. But that's also where the did. emails come in in discovery with his attorney, because if they can
1: prove that there are other people who said stuff in those emails, then the idea of, oh, you guys just intentionally did this to me becomes more concrete. They would. Sti- I'm not negating your point. They would yeah. still have to talk to the Wall Street Journal. That's without saying but, but if they can but when they get those emails and they're like, see, this guy said this, he said that, he said that, but you only punished him, that will be concrete as far, yeah, you guys intentionally buried me. And I think and because what Gruden can make a case of, and like I said, I would never root for John Gruden in anything, but I think he would have a very strong case if he was like, You guys turned this on me so you could save your investigation into Washington. So you didn't want to go through with that, because that you alluded to earlier, they had been looking into Washington, but they had really not been looking into it. So he could be like, to <laughs> to throw people off of Washington, you chose to bury me. Yeah. Or.
0: Yeah, I mean, or uh, the the other thought is that the Wall, the NFL actually didn't leak this to the Wall Street Journal. Somebody else did, which is always possible. Which is not, but that means that in that in that scenario where. It wasn't intentional by the NFL. Imagine if the emails hadn't been leaked, and then nobody goes down, and this all gets swept on the rug, and we, rug and we never even know. Because I don't think, I, I think if it wasn't intentional, then the NFL would not will, willingly put those emails out there because that makes the NFL look bad, on as from having him as a coach yeah. and being a longtime part of the NFL, that makes the NFL look bad by comparison. So,
1: well they already look bad because we know people in their higher ups have have uh, attributed to that.
0: Yes, but they wouldn't do anything intentionally like that. No. If they could get away with just not having it come out. Fair enough. So, I think it was not intentional and that some lone person at the NFL did it or some third party, maybe somebody found them uh in the Washington football team was like I got to get this out. And the Wall Street Journal found it because I think for the easiest thing for the NFL would have just been to be like, oh, we didn't find anything here, you know, kind of like they did. Minus the John Gruden emails. But who knows? It's a big old rabbit hole that we will. I really, I really hope we 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 see more of it. But I I, I agree hope with we you. do, too. But I know we won't. I agree with you. I think it's going to be settlement based. Fair enough. Yeah, that's all it will be. Well, that'll do it for us here on the main event. Appreciate you tuning in once again as we talk all things sports and sports adjacencies. We will be back next week on a wonderful Wednesday afternoon to talk more sports and sports adjacencies. Big shout out to KNTU, Dan Bala, Mark Lambert for letting us use the green studio to broadcast from deep in the heart of Nitton, Texas until next week. Have a great day.